very welcome back to another episode of That's Fried, the podcast, brought to you by Fried Magazine and hosted by me, Inya McIntyre. Irish content creator Grania Binge joins me today to discuss her interest in fashion, confidence, her struggles with an eating disorder, and the launch of her brand, Subtle Poison. You're very welcome to the podcast, Grania. It's great to have you on, finally. Thank you so much for having me. Always an honour. <laughs> I remember following you on Instagram, like, ages ago, when your followers were literally, like, a couple of thousand and now I think the last time I checked you're on like 18.5 was this always like a dream for you to grow your following um first of all thank you for being a long time follower <laughs> um but I think like well, see like I, before Instagram I did um I had like Tumblr and I had a lookbook and back then like followers weren't really a thing like they were but they weren't you know for me it was just like oh my god like I love posting my outfits and then I love you know people loving my outfits you know obviously we all crave that internet validation and but then yeah I guess when like Instagram kind of came along and I started to see you know obviously what you can do with a following and stuff like I guess from there I was kind of like yeah I want to grow my following just because of the opportunities that come with it and you know a lot of the things that I do career-wise and stuff I probably wouldn't have been able to do without the following but like obviously as well I've worked so hard to even get where I am now and like I have to continue that hard work to do all of that so yeah I guess it has been like for me I always want I knew I wanted to work in fashion and I loved fashion and I've always loved clothes so I guess like you know having the platform and the following was a way to kind of do that because I think when I was in school like I wasn't like overly creative or like that good at drawing but I always knew I could create things but I was like how am I going to turn this into a career (laughs) Um, and I think yeah Instagram and having the following has allowed me to do that so yeah yeah and you kind of said there how you know it's it's much harder to grow your following and stuff than you think and also I think like with influencers and stuff it's a lot of people don't realize how much time goes into the content like for you to post every day like you have to take those pictures that takes time like editing them takes time is that like is that something that would kind of like bother you or like how do you feel about um it's definitely a full-time job and I don't think people actually realize that like it, there's so much that goes into it I think I think people are now starting to realize that it's like more than just you know taking a picture here and there like I think especially I think especially the way people have started to move away from the term influencer and move towards the term content creator like I'd see myself as more of a content creator than an influencer I mean obviously I'm aware of my influence as well and I try to be cautious of that you know with what I post and stuff and but yeah I think like as like we like the whole internet has kind of moved away from the term like just the term influencer and towards content creator I think it kind of makes people value more the time and effort that goes into it and I think especially since like especially the rise of like TikTok and Reels and stuff like that I think people can look at that content and see that that's not just a picture that took five minutes to take you know so I think you know I think especially like maybe when I first kind of started doing this and people you know, there used to be people that used to say things like, oh, influencers just want free things and blah, 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 blah. Like, sometimes that would annoy me because it's like, at the end of the day, this is a form of advertisement and a lot of hard work goes into it. Like, you're not complaining about ads on the telly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and like your style is so like notably kind of like your thing is like it's out there like it's eccentric it's funky it was that how you always dressed or was that something you kind of developed later on and that was me from about the age of i'm gonna say 14 <laughs> but even as a child like my mom said i was just mad like i'd come down in just mad outfits or else like fixate on like certain things like I might be really obsessed with like Spider-Man costumes or like football jerseys but my mom said like she never dressed me as a child like it was always like no I know what I'm wearing and you're not going to tell me what I'm wearing kind of thing and my mom was like she just said she just kind of let me do it and um, unless I literally had like shoes on backwards and stuff but um, then yeah when I was about like 13, 14 um, I was on Tumblr and Lookbook and had like a lot of influences from like the States and the UK and from there I was just kind of like okay and started like like it's crazy to me because I'm like obviously sustainable fashion has become such a big thing like in recent years but like I remember being like 14 and being like I only shop in charity shops or like I only shop vintage because I was like ew I can't wear high street that's what everybody else wears but that was like my thing. It wasn't, it sustainability wasn't even an element. Obviously it was great that I was doing it, but at the time I was like, I can't wear high street. I need to be different. So yeah, then I think with the rise of like PLT and, and stuff like that, I kind of strayed away from that because they were pretty cool when they first started. I'll give them that. I think they've definitely become an, a bit of a nightmare, <laughs> but at, like a lot of, you know, fast fashion brands, it's just become so not about the fashion but um yeah then I think once you know I was in college and we had a module on sustainability and I got like more into it then again but yeah I think yeah in terms of like my style it's just kind of always been like I always say like you'll know how I'm feeling in by how I'm dressed and that's like I even always say like when I had my eating disorder I just wore baggy black clothes and I just wasn't myself and um, and then as soon as I started to get better and I went to college and stuff, I did have a phase when I was in secondary school after my eating disorder where I just kind of dressed the way everybody else did. But I think that was just like an insecurity because I was like, I can't be the sick girl and the girl that wears crazy clothes. So it wasn't then until I went to college again. And because when I was in school, before I got sick, I used to get bullied, like for my outfits, like people would like shout at me and I used to be like, I don't care. I'm just doing me. But like, obviously it was affecting uh -huh. me. But then when I went to college, I was just like, no. I think I saw like every like other people in college like dressing the way they did, and I was like, I I can literally do this. Like I did this, and I was like, and that's what makes me happy. So then I think yeah, when I went back to college, I was just like back to myself. So that was good. Yeah, and I think like one of the biggest things about dressing like this kind of way, or you know, being funky, like you know, not being the run of the mill kind of dresser, is needing the confidence to be able to handle like the funny looks on the street and stuff. How did you like get to a place where like you can actually have the backbone to be like, do you know, what? I don't care, I want to dress this way, I'm going to do it anyway. I think it's weird now. It's kind of been like a complete shift because now I feel like dressing how I do is what gives me my confidence and like I'm kind of like if people are staring at me or shouting at me I've done a good job today you know is <laughs> where if they aren't I'm like girl we need to try harder you know <laughs> so it's weird the way it's shifted from you know being like oh my god uh, these people are shouting at me to like okay 
thank you for shouting at me, <laughs> you know. Um, well, yeah, I think it's just, I think, it, yeah, I guess, like, I think it's that, like, I, I just feel like, you know, if, if my outfit has drawn someone's attention, then I'm like, oh, whether it's good or bad attention, they noticed me, which means, yeah, I did a good job. So I think that's what kind of gives me the confidence. Um, but also, yeah, I think like clothes for me have just always been something that, as I said, like you'll know my mood by what I'm wearing. And I think, you know, that for me, having that outlet, it's like a creative outlet for me. So I think that's kind of what gives me the confidence to do it. Um, and yeah, I think overall, I'm just like, they just make me so happy. So why would I not do it, you know? Is it kind of the same with like roller skating? Like, cause I just see your videos and I'm like, I just wish I could have the confidence to go out there and do that wherever, but I just feel like I couldn't like, but you just seem to have just to do what you want kind of, which is great. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's even like, like I come from a really, really small town, like, and you know, there's probably people here that don't like me. And it's weird because before I started skating, I, used to get like really bad anxiety like walking through like the village it's really really small and you'd always just see someone and it used to just give me such bad anxiety but now if I'm like skating past people I'm like I know I look good so <laughs> <laughs> they, what are they going to say about me other than I look good <laughs> so yeah I think that's kind of a similar thing it's like realistically not a lot of people think this isn't cool so I look cool even if it's in my head and they're actually like she's a loser I'm like I think I look cool so <laughs> I think that's just me like telling myself like yeah this thing makes me look really cool so <laughs> let's just do that uh, <laughs> so yeah like um that kind of small town mentality um is it's almost like an Irish thing as well like it just mm. seems like anybody who's doing something is just you know oh, that person has notions or do you think that's an Irish thing? I do. Yeah, I actually do because I I lived in the UK till I was about seven as well. And like even when we go back there, I think it, yeah, I think like obviously there obviously there is small towns there, but like, you know, I, I feel like as well in the UK, like a lot of them I'm just using the UK as an example, but it's probably the same in like most parts of the world. I feel like they all move out of home much earlier than we do because they all go away for uni and stuff. And I know like obviously a lot of people do here as well, but it's much less common, especially in Dublin. Like people don't, if, if you're yeah. from Dublin, like you live at home in college. So you're kind of still in your small town. So then I feel like people are just still more connected with people that they went to school with and stuff. So I guess that's obviously then if someone wants to, you know, break the norms, it's like, oh my God, who does she think she is kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, probably definitely. It's just because Ireland is so small anyway. Like we're such a small country uh, and even Dublin is so small. So I feel like it's so easy for people to just be like, to, to still know everyone and still yeah. be connected with everyone. So that's probably another reason it's like, what is she doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, and you kind of mentioned your eating disorder already. Um, like you obviously struggled with that growing up. At what age did your kind of challenges with food begin? Um, so very briefly, when I was in first year in school, um, like I was throwing lunches away and stuff, and you know I was monitored then by the principal. But then I wasn't diagnosed; like it was kind of on and off. But I was just like cautious of my weight. And then when I was about, so I would have been about thirteen then. And then when I was about fifteen, 
and I just kind of like spiraled completely. Um, and then when I was 16, I was either 15 or 16. I think I was 15 when I was admitted to hospital. And then the year I was like kind of in recovery, I was 16. <clears throat> and then I kind of on and off struggled until I was about 21. And um, yeah. And like, what, what do you think kind of brought it on? Like, was it that you were like seeing other girls, like I guess on social media and stuff and wanting to look like that? Or was it just a control um, thing kind of for you yourself? Like, I think it was definitely a control thing. Like there was obviously things at home and like that sounds really bad, but I feel like, you know, every family has their shit. So sorry, am I like? Yeah, every family has their things, you know. So there was that, but then it was also like, yeah, I think, yeah, there was things going on at home, and then I was, as I said, I was mad about Tumblr. So then I was like seeing things on Tumblr, but also I did ballet, and I always kind of danced, and then I think it just, you know, the combination of tumblr the things at home the bullying going on in school um like all of it i think yeah food just turned into something that i could control and i it was all i really had to focus on i didn't have to worry about anything else all my main worry in life was to get skinnier so yeah and when was the turning point for you um as in to get better yeah like did, was there kind of a moment like I think a lot of people talk about when they're like recovering that there's like a light bulb moment where you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? You're like, was there something yeah. for you like, or like a spiritual kind of enlightenment where you're like, wait a second. Yeah. So, cause I, I got better. And then when I was about 20, I relapsed. So yeah, the first one was, I think I was 16, close to 16 or 17. And I had actually, I'd been in paths for about, four months and I actually lost weight while I was there like I got skinnier so um they just kind of said to my mom like we can't really do anything more for her after about four months because I just wasn't cooperating and they were like unfortunately you know there's teenagers that actually want to get better so we can't keep her here to get worse yeah obviously my poor mom so hard to hear as a parent and my mom was just like what do I do with her and they were like she'll either die or get better and it was just like oh my god okay so I remember coming home and the bad thing about a treatment like program like that is if you're if you get it in a good kind of group where everyone wants to get better see the thing with eating disorders is they're really competitive as well so everyone kind of works with each other. And unfortunately, when I was in there, we all just wanted to get worse. So I picked up a lot of new tricks and stuff in hospital. And then I came home and within like a month of being home, I think I lost about another stone. Um, and I got like shingles. Uh, I had them like all around my stomach. And I remember going to my doctor who hadn't seen me since before she admitted me. Um, and I was like, I have shingles. And my auntie had taken me down. And the first thing the doctor said to me, she was like, you need to stand on that weighing scales. And I was like, no, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm here because I have shingles. And she was like, no, no, like, you need to stand on that weighing scales. So I did. And she was like, right, you're going to bone out. And she was like, it's a tube. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Because the thing, like, with an eating disorder is, as you said, control. And the thing with the tube is you 
don't know how many calories are going in. Like they could pump like 3000 calories into you in a day, you know? So I was like, please, like I will do anything but that. So she made a deal with me and she was like, if you gain, I think it was a kilo a week or two kilos a week or something. She was like, for the next four weeks, we won't admit, admit you. And she was like, if there's even one week where there's not that weight gain, like you're going straight to Bowman. So I remember I went home and I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like I can't go to Bowman. And I had a sandwich, but I felt so guilty after it that I was like, I have to go for a run. And I was like running, like, and I literally got about five minutes, like, away from my house. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So I just like turned around. Uh, I got home and I was like coughing up blood. I was so dizzy. Like my body just wasn't able for that, you know, and it was cold as well. I think it was only about February or March at this stage. So my lungs as well, just with the cold air, I was just like, I can't do this. And I just remember... It was only about lunchtime and my sisters were still in school and I just remember laying on my mom's bed and I was like, I'm going to die. And I was just like, my sisters are going to find me and they're both younger than me. And I remember waking up, I had a nap then and I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I was like, no, this can't continue. I was like, I can't have one of them find me if this was ever to happen again. And then from there, I literally gained the two kilos every week because I was just like, I am not dying. I think having that moment of like, I'm going to die, I was just like, no, I actually can't do this. Um, and then, yeah, I just like, I gained the weight back within about six months after that because I was just like, I can't die. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing though. That could happen. Yeah. Um, I know. It's crazy. They yeah. like I was mad like it really was like a rock bottom I don't like when I relapsed it definitely wasn't as like dramatic as that I think I just the second time was like I kind of just had a realization of like no no like we're not yeah. going back here you know that's great um and like you obviously have a healthy like you're in such a good place now I feel like judging from well I know it's hard to judge online but like yeah you seem like really happy and is this when you got into spirituality and stuff because <clears throat> that's such a big part of who you are now yeah, so I got into spirituality in the second, <laughs> in the second time. I think I definitely got into like yoga and stuff uh, in my first recovery, but then the spirituality kind of happened, yeah, after the second time. So the second time I actually had just got home from Thailand and I remember like thinking like, I don't even remember half of that trip because I was starving for half of it. And I was like, I can't do this. And then I think just being in Thailand, um, what we did like Southeast Asia, and I think just being there overall, I was like, oh, there's so much life to live, and I'm just like not living it because I'm worried about my weight and food. And then, yeah, when I came home, I got, I was already into spirituality a little bit before we went. And then when we came home, I was just like threw myself into it. I had like moon posters all over my wall and everything. So, yeah, definitely um, from then. And then, I think, you know, I go through like phases of really being into it and then sometimes straying away. But I think like it's always there for me and I know when I need to go back to it. So, yeah, I really love it. And from like going through all you went through, I assume you must be like very aware of kind of the toxic side of social media, like how there's such a kind of fine line between admiring someone and then comparing yourself negatively to them. How do you kind of manage this or is this something you kind of have to like keep yourself keep on top of I guess I think the biggest way to kind of overcome that is just to 
do work on yourself and like continuously do work on yourself and and like I mean obviously then you have to kind of feed out the things that aren't good for you so if you notice you set yourself comparing to someone yourself to someone you know Instagram is great now because there's a mute button so even if they're mutual you don't have to unfollow them you can mute them and um, so I think just like things like that like doing things like that and then yeah as I said I think it's just really about like building yourself up and making sure you're so comfortable within yourself and I know that's so much harder to do than it is to say um, but yeah I think just like really doing loads of self-work like for years I had affirmations like I am beautiful I am this I'm that my weight doesn't matter like all around my mirror and I would just stare at them and then I yeah, I think like affirmations are hard if you're not used to them I mean it's hard to look in the mirror and say yeah. you are gorgeous you know but I think once you kind of get into the hang of it it's like yeah I am gorgeous you know and um congratulations on your brand subtle poison as well everything oh, looks going so far how did you decide to do this um so I think when I started like the whole Instagram thing like my biggest goal was always I want a brand but I think in my head I was always just like that's a long-term thing like you know like five ten years away like because it's expensive but then obviously when COVID happened you know we, none of us were spending as much money and um, so I was like okay I'm just gonna do t-shirts and I did that and I was like yeah okay I can do this you know and then I think just from there I was just like no like I want to do like a proper collection because like obviously the t-shirts and the hoodies were really fun but like I was like I want to do stuff that like I would wear to like a festival or I would wear clubbing because like that's what people know my style for and that's what people follow me for so I wanted to do and then obviously then the roller skating as well and um, and I think in my, in my head, I was like, I want to make things that I want to skate in because again, obviously my fashion is such a big part of me, but I was like, I want to look cute when I skate too. And it's hard to find things that are like, well, that seems like a kind of niche market almost like it's a good kind of gap for you to fill almost. Yeah. It was like handy. I feel like, I don't know, the universe just brought Yeah. It just made together. that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Subtle Poison, like launching your brand, I don't think anyone was kind of surprised by it. It seemed like such a natural progression for you um being so fashionable as it was oh, like you. to move on to that um what can we expect thank to you. see from subtle poison going forward um i'm definitely gonna do some swimwear because i love mm. me a bikini yeah. um, and then i think just like more like lots of colorful kind of bits um, and just fun things like that again like cute things to skate in but i want to do like yeah club wear festively wear but then i want to do some more street um kind of stuff too so yeah, it's cool. Like, it's cool because I think the way I design is I'm just like, what do I want in my wardrobe right now? <laughs> and then usually I'll just kind of go from there, which is fun too. Yeah. And is this something you think you'd like to pursue as like a long-term career, like running a brand? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like <laughs> even everything so far, I'm just like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's actually all of my questions, Grania, but this has been so insightful. I'm glad we finally got to chat about everything oh. offer. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Sorry, I literally ramble as well. I don't know when to stop talking. <laughs> no, you're sorry. Fine. Thank you for listening to another episode of That's Fried. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with friends and family and tag us on social media. We're at Fried Magazine with no spaces and two eyes on Instagram. 
Be sure to give us a follow on here and there and we'll catch you in the next one.